1: over here's paul calvisi i'm ready
2: i'm 100% ready i'm telling you i'm ready and ron wolfley it doesn't get any better than that unleash the fury
3: you can't play them until you schedule them and just remember ron wolfley it's not a schedule release it's a reveal okay
0: okay i got that i mean
3: this isn't no stinking press release that gets faxed to a newspaper old school. I mean, this is three days of measured staggered leaks, international teasers, highly produced breaking content. I mean, we're talking segments on Good Morning America, two-hour shows on the NFL Network and ESPN. Okay, it's not as much a release or a reveal as much as it's an event these days in the NFL. I mean, you know, the kids out there might say it's super extra. You know, 272 games over 18 weeks. Let there be a 2023 campaign, and we are here to break it all down on this edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, Paul Calvisi,
0: and Ron Wolfley. Paulie, I don't know about Super Extra, but I do know right now I've got a question, and that question is, are the Arizona Cardinals back in the NFC East, Paul? <laughs> That's my question to you, Paulie.
3: Are you having sort of a throwback right now? I mean, uh, I, Wolf, this is your life. This is what happened when you played 10 years in the NFL, the first half of your career for the Cardinals, and this is what would happen. You envelope please, and then, boom, you'd look at the schedule <laughs> and right off the bat it's like you're playing interdivision games with three
0: in a row against the NFC East. It truly is incredible right there. Of course, they're playing the NFC East as we all know next year, but starting in week 1 at Washington, week 2 the New York Giants at home, week 3 the Dallas Cowboys at home. Yes, week 17 they actually travel to Philadelphia to play the Philadelphia Eagles. But man, the first 3 games of the season, Polly the NFC East.
3: And, and let's let everyone know right off the bat, guess what? Tickets are on sale, effective immediately as we speak. azcardinals.com slash buy tickets for any and all games. They're all on sale right now. azcardinals.com slash buy tickets. Starting with that first month that begins on the road. We're going to break this all down over the course of this show. For the third time in the last four years, Cardinals start on the road at Washington. This will be September 10th. Okay. And by the way, in terms of travel, only six teams are going to travel more than the Arizona Cardinals this year because they're matched up against the NFC East and the AFC North. And when you're talking about Washington, I'll just say this much. Where's my ridiculous stat on Patrick Mahomes? Remember last year opening against Kansas City and they put the 40-burger on the board in, in, in week one, Wolf? Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, in five openers in his NFL career, has averaged 39.4 points per game. (laughs) So let me ask you, are you much happier to open against Sam Howell or maybe Jacoby Brissett?
0: (laughs) Yeah, Paulie, I am. But, you know, it's also, you look at those first three games right there, those are going to be pretty physical games. They really are. The NFC East is a physical division, of course. Even Washington, where they're going to open, of course, at Washington – Uh, On the road, Ron Rivera, you know the kind of offense he wants to run. It typically is a very physical offense, even though they're not prolific by any stretch of the imagination. Even last year, they were almost in the top third in the National Football League in running the ball, Paul, per game, rushing yards per game. They were number 12. They like to hammer the ball. They're going to be very, very physical up front. That's going to be a physical game. And then you follow that up with the New York Giants, Paulie, that that is that's a Donny Brook right there with Brian Dable as her coach. You
3: know what? That is a great point because what have the Cardinals done this year? Where has the emphasis been on resetting this team from the inside out, right? So right out of the gate, your run defense is going to be tested against Washington at Washington on the road. And then think about that commander's (laughs) defense, right? They missed the playoffs last year, but they had the number three ranked defense overall. And look at the defensive front with Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, if he's back from the knee. I mean, you talk about that Cardinals rebuild offensive line and maybe Paris Johnson Jr. and more on him in a bit getting tested out of the gates.
0: Oh, yeah. Is there a deeper defensive line in the NFL than Washington? No, I, I know what you're saying, Paulie. They are very, very physical, no doubt about it. And Oh, by the way, they're also really, really good at getting to the quarterback, number six in sacks per attempt, and they had the number one third down defense overall. And, Paulie, wow. you know the way I feel about this for the most part? When you talk about being the number one third down defense, that that takes into account so many different things. Um, not the least of which is getting pressure on the quarterback. And although it doesn't show up, being number one, getting off the field 31% of the time, that tells me you've got a wicked pass rush as well.
3: That's the only 10 a.m. start all season long for the wow. Arizona Cardinals. The other games in the Eastern time zone are 11 a.m. or later. And by the way, the Cardinals did not get a primetime game. That was pretty much as expected. They will be playing on some holidays. We'll get to that. There will not be an international game on the schedule this year for the Cardinals after they went to Mexico City last year. Once again, week one at Washington, then you're home against the Giants. So you're going to get all-pro defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence, who got paid in the offseason against that Cardinals offensive line. We know the Giants. They just made the playoffs for the first time since 2016, beat Minnesota in the wild card game. So, okay, we know that they have – two tackles you know they invested top 10 picks in and that's a long time rivalry it'd be the 129th meeting all time against the Giants for the Cardinals as a franchise and then that brings us to week three Wolf and the Cowboys and and look Cardinals have had success they won six of the last seven against Dallas but yeah. you're talking about a Cowboys team that finished 12 and five last year won a playoff game then lost in the Niners And they can score. I mean, they've averaged the most points over the last two years of any team in the NFL, nearly 30 a game.
0: Yeah, not only that, they got a guy by the name of Micah Parsons on defense who is pretty good, Paul, especially Mm -hmm. the last time I checked, coming off the edge right there. Week three, uh, this is just me, Paul. And once again, you know me, Paulie. Uh, I'm an optimist. I will be an optimist. I am positive by nature. Week three is when I will allow myself to consider Kyler Murray coming back. By week, by week three. Now, Polly So are you, you reporting? Is this I, a gut no, I'm feeling? not reporting. You- no, I am not reporting this, okay? I'm just saying, based on the average time, the typical time that an ACL will take, nine months is about right there, about week three that you could possibly start counting. Okay, is he ready to go? Okay, maybe not. Week four, week five, week six, somewhere in there, maybe that's better. But week three is where I will allow myself. Who knows, Paulie? Maybe it comes earlier. <laughs> than that, but this is where I'm going to allow myself to even imagine Kyler Murray coming back week three. And it's interesting that it happens to be against Micah Parsons and the Dallas Cowboys. So maybe it will be week four, Paul.
3: And and look, you know that's game that game is going to be off the hook. The Cowboys fans, they travel. Oh yeah. So that will be a scene at Cardinals uh you know State Farm Stadium When the Cowboys come a call in there, that'll be September 24th for the Cardinals, and that'll be on Fox, and that'll be a 125 start. Then you start getting into the NFC West. Three or your next four are division games, starting with week four at the 49ers. Cardinals historically have had a lot of success at Levi's Stadium. And they're going in against the Niners. And then you want to talk about pass rushers. you got Washington's deep defensive front. you got Dexter Lawrence and the Giants. you got Micah Parsons, who's head against the Cowboys. And then, hello, Cardinals offensive line. You get Nick Bosa and Javon Hargrave in
0: week four. Yeah, Paulie, maybe it's not going to be week four. That Kyler will come back. Maybe maybe it's going to be week five, Paul, against the Cincinnati Bengals right there. When I think of Nick Bosa coming off the edge, you might want to know. I'm just kind of kidding, obviously, right here. But... Yeah, you know, it's interesting because when you look at the first five games, and we were talking about this, Paula, I believe there's four playoff teams.
3: Yes, it's only Washington in those first five games. Think about that. And then, I mean, the Bengals were in the conference championship, the Niners were in the conference championship, and the Giants and Cowboys won playoff games as well.
0: And you know me, Paulie. that's the first thing I look for when the schedule comes out. The schedule comes out, I look for the nasty, as I like to call it. Where is the nasty? And if you had to look at it, those three or four games that are really, really physical and really, really going to be tough, you look at it, it's week two to week five. For me right now, those four teams, playoff teams right there, when you consider Washington, the Giants, the Cowboys at San Francisco, and the Bengals. Four of those playoff teams consecutively, and I realize three of the four games are going to be at home, but other than that, man, that is brutal.
3: You know, we mentioned Paris Johnson Jr. When we had him on the Red Sea Report recently, right after the draft, he mentioned that he's already been doing film study on a few pass rushers, few of the elite guys in the NFL, and a couple of the names he mentioned, Nick Bosa and Micah Parsons. And he just talked about, how much he looks forward to measuring himself in his game against the very best in the NFL. He also threw in Devin White. I'm not sure exactly why the Tampa linebacker got into the mix as well, but Paris Johnson Jr., so that was very intriguing stuff that he had to say on the Red Sea report, and I don't know if you noticed it, Wolf, but Paris Johnson Jr. was in attendance for the Cardinals with rookie minicamp getting going this week, the end of this week, and he showed up to sign his contract along with a handful of other rookies, and he was wearing a Pat Tillman number
0: 40. Cardinals jersey. That's well played. Really well done. That is well played right there. You know what, Paulie, it's interesting. I I know this means nothing, and and I want to make that very, very clear to anybody that is listening. It means nothing. But looking at the Arizona Cardinals depth chart, I thought it was very, very interesting that there at left guard was Paris Johnson Jr., the starter, Paris Johnson Jr. at left guard. And for me, that's exactly where I'd put him the left guard traditionally gets more help than the right guard and traditionally gives more help than the right guard is well to me that's exactly where i'd put this young guy let him cut his teeth right there obviously at some point in time you'd like to move him out to the edge but i thought that was interesting since you brought him up that he's starting at left guard on the depth chart I wonder if that
3: sets up a positional battle again between Josh Jones and Kelvin Beecham at right tackle. Interesting, because we'll see what the trickle down is on that. By the way, uh, Cardinals, among the uh, teams who had their uh, schedules released, the Super Bowl, where it's going to end up, will be February 11, 2024, in Vegas this year. For all your tickets, azcardinals.com slash buy tickets. Back with more of the Big Red Rage.
2: Burrow takes a knee and it's over the winning continues for Cincinnati the Bengals are going back to the AFC championship game they have won 10 in a row and they will make an appearance in the conference championship for consecutive years for the first time in franchise history 27 to 10 the final here in Orchard Park New York
3: Think about some of the quarterbacks that are coming through State Farm Stadium this season, including Joey B. Wolf, Joe Burrow. I tell you what, you talk about players that, opposing players that I'm most looking forward to see, he would have to be top two, top three. There's the Lamar Jacksons. There's... Joe Burrow, and honestly, that's might be where I start my list as we go through the Cardinals schedule 2023 on this special edition of the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, and by the way, speaking of the home schedule, azcardinals.com/slash/buy tickets. All games on sale as we speak. azcardinals.com/slash/buy tickets. Bengals are coming to town. It'll be Week Five. We already recapped off the top, Wolf at Washington start of the season, home against the Giants and Cowboys, at the 49ers, and back home against Cincinnati in Week 5. What do you think of when you think of the Bengals?
0: Yeah, Paulie, you think obviously of Joe Burrow. You think of this young quarterback who is becoming quickly one of the elite quarterbacks in the National Football League, has been on that track, I would say, for the last year particularly. And I think of the line of scrimmage as well. Even though they don't run the ball very well, even though they're not a good rushing team, they really want to round that part of their offense out because I think it really does help balance Joe Burrow and doesn't put all of that pressure on him. He was under the gun last year. Now, they've done some things this offseason to really try to fix that offensive line. But as you know, Polly, that offensive line struggled to protect Joe Burrow once again. And when I also think of the Bengals, I think of that defensive front. I think of their ability to stop the run. That is the one thing they were actually very, very good at. Last year, defensively, they were all over the board for the most part. But the one thing they could hang their hat on is playing tough against the run in that box. They were top ten, as a matter of fact, in rushing yards per game and rushing yards per play allowed. You
3: also have the Lou Anarumo angle, right? Cardinals head coaching candidate, the defensive coordinator of the Cincinnati Bengals. That that'll be an intriguing little sidebar when they come in Week Five. The two-time AFC North champions, and once again, we've been documenting the test the Cardinals' old line is going to get early. I mean, you look at a Cincinnati team that over the last few years has added Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, and now the Clemson rookie Miles Murphy. So you know Lou Anarumo, he's going to be very aggressive. He's going to bring it. And so that'll be a big-time test, and that'll be the fourth of four in a row against teams who made the playoffs a year
0: ago. Yeah, Paulie, that's really a good point right there. Um, Once again, though, going back to the Bengals specifically, they had a really, really hard time of getting to the quarterback, which is one of the reasons why they've made it a point of emphasis here. Number 29 in sacks per attempt last season, and number 20 in third-down defense as well. This is just general stats, but you can read inside some of these stats as well, and that's something that I think is going to be a point of emphasis for the Bengals trying to get better, get more pressure on the opposing quarterback. Yeah.
3: And going full circle on the Bengals, remember they added Orlando Brown, the Chiefs yes. left tackle. And so yes. that was huge as to your point, they're trying to bolster the line of scrimmage, no doubt. Joe Mixon is always a handful to stop. All right, week six now you're getting into back into the NFC West. You're going to the Rams, where the Cardinals won a year ago, and they're going to get them in week six, October fifteenth, against what they presume will be a healthy Matthew Stafford. Hopefully it'll be a healthy Kyla Murray at that point. But look, again, now you're getting Aaron Donald, all right. They're minus Jalen Ramsey, but I mean, every single week there is going to be that elite threat on the other side of the ball.
0: Yeah, Paul, you know, I look at that L.A. game in L.A., of course, and all I can think of is Paris Johnson Jr. if he is starting at left guard at that point in time. Um, I think he's going to see a lot of Aaron Donald yeah. lined up over him, Paul. I'm just going to say that <laughs> right now. I think the Rams are going to go ahead and line him up there. I know the Arizona Cardinals, of course, are going to be very aware of that. I'm sure they're going to give him a lot of help with the protections that they're going to run and mixing up their protections, but not trying to put him on an island, of course, trying to give him an awful lot of help. The Rams, I'm sure, will try to isolate him as much as they can, but sometimes, Pauly, it's the best thing that can happen to a young guy. It's just trial by fire. Just walk through it, jump into it, and he certainly, certainly will be jumping into it at that point of week six.
3: And by the way, the Cardinals will definitely welcome that short road trip to LA because, once again, they're seventh in the NFL in total travel miles this year. Number one, Seattle, 31,000 plus miles. Number two, the Niners, 30,000 plus miles. The Rams actually are fourth, and the Cardinals are seventh, 25,000 miles. Ron Wolfu, this year as a Cardinals analyst, you will be changing time zones 26 different times. So just to let you know over this travel schedule, and uh, that's the way it works. And by the way, the strength of schedule, was calculated and the Cardinals came in number 11 so there are different factors uh, at play here and and look historically and here it is five of the last six teams with the most difficult schedule in the league missed the playoffs that was the Rams
0: a year ago (laughs) <laughs> Paul, see, and, and that, is the, that is the thing I was going to say right there. When you say that, strength of schedule, I understand. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's relevant. Yet at the same time, we all know this is the National Football League, man. Is it not a year-to-year proposition, Paul? Is it not a year-to-year proposition? You can see a team go from worst to first and vice versa as well. We see it all the time. Here, Here's that stat, Wolf. At least one team
3: in the NFL has gone from worst to first, meaning worst in its division to winniest division in 18 of the last 20 years. Oh, at, at least one kidding. team has done that, and at least two teams have won their divisions this season after missing the playoffs in 19 of the last oh, 20 years. My so that's how much oh. turnover there is. And then here's the other one. Since 1990, we're talking 33 straight seasons, at least four different teams have qualified for the playoffs. Every single year, meaning they weren't in the postseason wow. the year before. Last year there were six new playoff teams, and in twenty-one and twenty, there were seven new playoff teams. So,
0: wow, oh, I mean, will you send me those, Paulie? <laughs> that is unbelievable. That is well played by you. So
3: there you go. You got the Rams in Week Six, and you're going to Seattle in Week Seven. <laughs> Look, uh, Seattle was a playoff team. They seem to be ascending. They seemingly got another draft haul. What do you think of when you think of the Seahawks these days? Because they have really reset their identity in the last two years.
0: Yeah, they really have. And once again, Paulie, I think based on their draft and based on what it is they're trying to do, I see the Seattle Seahawks again trying to restore the line of scrimmage in a Pete Carroll kind of way. I, I think that's what they're trying to do. They want to re- reset, if you will, that roster and that depth chart and do it on the line of scrimmage. Very similar to what I think the Arizona Cardinals are doing.
3: They had a big discussion on NFL Network. Pick a team that was sort of middle of the pack, around 500, that's going to have a breakout year, win 12, 13, 14 games. And a couple of the analysts went with Seattle. Mm. Okay, here's the thing, though, Wolf. If you can't stop the run and they didn't add a lot to their defensive front, and they weren't in the draft able to add much in terms of an edge rusher, and they started last year historically bad against the run, and they ended last year not so good against the run. I just I wonder about their defensive front.
0: Yeah, Paulie, it's, it's a great place to start again with the Seattle Seahawks because they look so different uh, last year. Now, we know in the first half of the season they were absolutely on fire with Geno Smith, of course, but... You know, we're going to have to see. I know this, Paul. I know Pete Carroll. I know people that know him personally. This is a guy that believes in old-school football. This is a guy that still believes the line of scrimmage is where this game starts, offensively and defensively. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them be pretty good, especially when you got Geno Smith as your quarterback right now. All
3: right, so you go out to the Rams, to Seattle, then you come home week 8, October 29th, at home against the Ravens and lamar jackson and wolf if you ask me to think about kyler's career so far one of the standout games at least to me being on the sideline was watching kyler against lamar jackson week two of his rookie season 2019 man i hope that matchup materializes because that is great stuff kyler against
0: lamar no that really is paulie there's no doubt about that um when i think of the ravens i think of one of the most physical teams still in the National Football League right now. John Harbaugh is one of these guys. We are just talking about Pete Carroll. He's got that old-world mentality, that old traditional mentality. I think John Harbaugh doubles down on that. I think he's a guy that covets physicality, dare I say demands physicality, from his players. It's one of the reasons why... The Baltimore Ravens were number two and number three in rushing yards per game and rushing yards per play, respectively. Again, I get it. A lot of that is because of Lamar Jackson. But if you go and watch tape on the Baltimore Ravens, a lot of that is also because they come off the ball and they hammer you.
3: And you know what? Some of that, and you bring it up, it is a real legit genuine curiosity because they're going away from greg roman and they brought in todd monken the offensive coordinator from georgia and those championship teams the last couple of years so all right you know to what degree are they still going to be that team will they really embrace that they brought in odell beckham jr they drafted in the first round rookie receiver zay flowers bateman is going to be healthy this year they hope so with mark andrews i mean do you think maybe lamar starts airing it out some more
0: um, I think there's a possibility that he does, Paulie. But keep in mind, Lamar Jackson has never thrown for more than 3,200 yards in a season. Mm-hmm. Never done it. Wow, 3,200 yards. And you're talking about the 2019 NFL MVP at yes, quarterback. Yeah, exactly right. So to me, once again, he, yeah, you get Todd Munkin from Georgia. Hey, Paul, Georgia. Have you watched their tape? Yeah. They like to hammer the ball too. It's true.
3: Hey, Cardinals tickets on sale right now, azcardinals.com/slash buy tickets. We continue with the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert.
2: Buddha Baker, somebody better get a hat on Buddha Baker. Buddha Baker's a bad. Buddha Baker bad, man. Buddha Baker's a badass dude. Watch him. That's him running and hitting everything.
3: That's exactly why, in my opinion, Ron Wolfley, Buddha Baker isn't going anywhere. Because when all time great NFL head coaches like Mike Tomlin who are mic'd up on the sideline. That's a real clip from a real game from him looking up at the Jumbotron, the video board, and just raving about the play of Buda Baker and all-pro safety. That's exactly why I firmly believe he's still very much in the future of the Arizona Cardinals. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley. In the 2023 schedule, it is out. We are breaking it down. Cardinals are going to Pittsburgh where Wolf will reunite With his counterpart on the Steelers radio network, is big brother and Steelers analyst. We'll get to that, Wolf, but let's start with where we left off. Baltimore at home, which leads us to another of your former teams, the Cleveland Browns. Cardinals going to Cleveland on November 5th, Week 9.
0: Yeah, Pauly, can I just go a little bit bigger than the four games that we got right now? I just want to point this out. I always loved a little home away home away home away action i always love that why would that be well just because it was a nice rhythm it was a nice flow right home away home Uh away i like that for me and i know that some of my teammates loved it as well i look at week eight the baltimore ravens home then at cleveland and then home against atlanta then at houston and then home against the Rams, and then at Pittsburgh, and then the bye. Man, when you go, that's a nice little rhythm right there from week eight all the way to the bye, which is week 14, and I know we're going to talk about that, but when you think big picture, that's a home away rhythm right there, and I really, really like that. At Cleveland. That's going to be a physical game, especially coming off playing the Baltimore Ravens at home the week before, because you know the Cleveland Browns like to run the ball, attack the line of scrimmage with Nick Chubb, and that's one of the reasons why Drew Petsing is here.
3: No doubt. There's no And you know what? When you talk about this schedule, you got to talk about the fact, you know, a rhythm, there aren't going to be any night games. These are, yeah. there's no primetime game. So, okay, they're going to get in the rhythm of playing, you know, midday kickoffs. And then, uh, you know, these are all going to be Sunday games, except for the very end of the year, the season finale against Seattle at home. It could be a Saturday, could be a Sunday game. So... You know, if if these players are creatures of habit, wolf and they love that, then guess what? They're going to get a lot of that. This isn't going to be a lot of, oh, sometimes you're getting a four-day week, sometimes you're getting 10 days after a Thursday night international. That was last season. That is not this season's schedule.
0: Yeah, Paulie, and when we look at Week 9 and Week 10 at Cleveland, of course, and Week 9, and then the Atlanta Falcons Week 10, those two teams in particular, and this little stretch that we're looking at right now, those two teams were very, very good in terms of running the ball. I consider them, this this is just me, I consider them to be elite teams rushing the football. Obviously, the Browns and what they do with Chubb, and then you look at the Atlanta Falcons and the way they ran the ball. I'm very interested to see if there's any resemblance whatsoever to the Atlanta Falcons with the Arizona Cardinals in their offense, because the Falcons loved to move their quarterback around. They loved to put him under center, put him in the gun, put him in the pistol, use all of it, and they ran the ball at an elite level last year. And we saw it. We saw it the last four games of the year
3: when Desmond Ritter went two and two when he took over as a starting quarterback, the third round rookie out of Cincinnati. They're sticking with him as the guy. So. To your point, not only did they emphasize the run, but look what they just invested in the draft. They took B. John Robinson out of Texas, that all-world running back. He's the first top-ten running back selected since Saquon Barkley. So they're they're all in on the run game. They're all in on getting him weapons. Think of the last two years before that when they went Drake London, the receiver out of USC, and then Kyle Pitts. They've been getting him weapons in the top ten. I mean, they're coming in trying to bolster that offense.
0: Yeah, I know. They're trying to do that. There, there's a lot of teams right now, Paulie, that are trying to hit the reset button again. I think... The, the New Age offense uh, came into the National Football League four or five years ago, and there was no doubt about it. Everyone was jumping on board, everybody, especially I think the Atlanta Falcons were the last team to actually get on board with a quarterback that was going to be in the shotgun a vast majority of the time, and they were going to run some of the zone reads. They had Matt Ryan before that, Paul, stop and think about it. So it's one of the reasons why they were dragging their feet on that new age offense but I think Paulie it's starting to come back once again you've heard me talk about this in the past Paul but it's the truth I think it's really all about all about a blending of the old and the new right now in the National Football League and I think the Falcons are a spearhead team on that
3: by the way you know who's coming in with the Falcons our old pal Calais Campbell Oh, yeah. Former player host here of the Big Red Rage for many years. He's going to turn 37 this season. Wow. And he's coming in with the Falcons, so there you go. All right, week 11, you're back on the road at Houston, and that'll be interesting, right? Because it'll be Paris Johnson Jr. against Will Anderson, potentially, and then the whole aspect of the Cardinals and Texans doing business on draft day, and the Cardinals owning the Texans' draft pick in the first round in next year's draft. So... What do you think of when you think of a, of a Texans team that you figure is going to be playing the rookie C.J. Stroud?
0: Yeah, this is a team that has got to get a lot more physical, very much like the Arizona Cardinals. The Houston Texans have got to get a lot more physical. They were They were horrible. There's no other way to say it. They were horrible on the defensive side of the ball last year. Um, offensively as well. They've got to be able to run the ball. It's something they could not do. They could not control the line of scrimmage last year. Very similar to the Arizona Cardinals and what happened to the Arizona Cardinals and the breakdown of the Cardinals came that they could not control the line of scrimmage. That's That's my opinion, Paul. They really struggled to do that on both sides. The Houston Texans... We're right there with the Arizona Cardinals as a team that okay. struggled to control the line of scrimmage on both sides. And, Pauly, if you don't have that, this is the amazing thing. This is the amazing truth about the game of football. Even in the year 2023 of our Lord, Paul, if you don't control the line of scrimmage, your skill will not have the opportunity to go out and do what yep. they do.
3: No doubt. Then you come home, you get the Rams, November 26. And uh, we like pointing this out, that the Rams went 5-12 and 12 last year, which qualifies <laughs> – as the worst season by a defending Super Bowl champ in NFL history.
0: <laughs> and there it is, Paul, the whole worst of yep. first and first yep. to worst.
3: Just like to throw that in as a little jab. So we already talked about the Rams. Let's go to week thirteen. It's always a marquee road trip, especially for you personally. You're going to Pittsburgh. Your brother is their analyst as well. Uh, you know, longtime Steeler. And you know what? It's been a long time since they won a playoff game by Steelers' standards. 2016, last time they won a playoff game. And then you got the Cardinals O line against that front, including TJ Watt.
0: Yeah, T.J. Watt. He's pretty good. That defense, of course, being a little facetious right there, that defense is the strength of this team. you got Kenny Pickett, who's going to be in his second year. The quarterback, of course, they drafted last year to replace Ben Roethlisberger. Kenny Pickett is a guy that is coming along nicely. My brother Craig says many, many good things about him. He really thinks he's he's going to be a player. He thinks he's going to be a player just the way Ben Roethlisberger Mofflisberger was a player for how long? Almost two decades for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He thinks Kenny Pickett has got the right stuff as well.
3: I'm not talking about Big Ben or the fact this is a rematch of Super Bowl forty three. I'm not talking about that. I will point out that Kenny Pickett does have Najee Harris, right right, at running back. Yes. He's a load. And then they drafted a franchise tackle and Broderick Jones out of Georgia. They right ahead of the Cardinals in round two. They got Joey Porter Junior at corner. And then they got your guy, Wolf, Darnell Washington, the massive <laughs> yes. mountain of a tight end, six seven, two, sixty
0: five. Paul, when you think of those three guys you just mentioned right there. What does that say to you? <laughs> it's a mentality, is yes. it not, Polly? Yeah. Yeah, it is it is a a cherishing of physical football players. That big men win football games and all of those guys
3: are massive dudes for their positions. I, I would just say physical. Kay. Physical yeah, men I'll give win that. football games, yep. right? Yep. And then, by the way, week 14, the bye week, which is the latest season in a season ever for the Cardinals, tied with 1991. So think about that, right? Your bye week is in week 14, and then down the stretch you come. And this is where my prayers were not answered by the schedule gods as your sideline reporter outside in the climate. We'll get to that next. A reminder, you can buy your tickets for Cardinals games at home this year, azcardinals.com slash Buy tickets as we continue with the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert.
2: Fourth and two on the Bears 20. Back to throw goes Kyler. Looks right, throws a deep ball right side in the end zone, and it's caught. It's a touchdown. Touchdown, DeAndre Hopkins. Kyler Murray with the dime on fourth down. Murray takes the shotgun snap. Straight drop back. Flushed out of the pocket, rolling right, being chased. He talks, he runs at the 5, and he heads to the corner, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Tyler back the throw, fires right side. What a catch at the 20. Runs right to the 10 to the 5, into the end zone for the touchdown. James Conner stabbing a ball that was an errant pass. It looked like it was going to go over his head. He grabbed it with his left hand, and then he ran down the right sideline into the end zone for the touchdown. Snap to Murray. He keeps it again, runs right. He's at the five, and he walks into the end zone for his second rushing touchdown, and the Cardinals just put the Bears away.
3: Bad weather in Chicago? Yes, yes, I'm here to verify that. Uh, was it a factor for the Cardinals? No. They went in. They got a win. They were prolific on offense. You had a couple of rushing touchdowns, a ridiculous one-handed grab on fourth down by D. Hop. And then an even more ridiculous catch and run by James Conner that had half the sideline running with them all the way to the end zone. So we bring that up because the Cardinals are going to Chicago On Christmas Eve, Ron Wolfley, get ready maybe to do some Christmas shopping. All the downtown lights (laughs) in the Windy City. You'll be at Soldier Field December 24th for a nice afternoon affair
0: against the Chicago Bears. Paulie, you know what I was thinking about, too, is I looked at this last section, of course, of the schedule for the Cardinals christmas eve in chicago and new year's eve in philadelphia yeah. <laughs> paul i mean there's a lot of people who think boy that must be great christmas eve in chicago the windy city and then there you are in philadelphia on new year's eve yeah it does sound really really good unless you're the sideline reporter <laughs> isn't that right paul for
3: father's day i'm asking for new boots um <laughs> i'm just telling you that right now i need a uh, need a few extra layers to get ready for this season yeah my my prayers the schedule gods were not answered when you see some of these late season games open air stadiums on the east coast or midwest Chicago and Philadelphia but this final stretch let's pick up coming out of the bye as the Cardinals will have the 49ers and that will be in week 15 that'll be at home and we're talking about a Niners team that will bring in Nick Bosa and Javon Hargrave uh, we'll see exactly what the quarterback situation is. They're sticking with Brock Purdy. I mean, Mike, uh, Kyle Shanahan, he, he doubled down on that just this week that Brock Purdy is the future of the quarterback spot for the 49ers, Ron Wolfley.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me, Polly. It really does. Uh, this is a guy that is... Very, very proficient once you put them in a balanced offense. And that was the one thing that I think we saw last year. And that's what the 49ers are. It's still their beating heart, Paulie. It really is. I, I know that, you know, the defense, of course, and rightfully so, it gets an awful lot of the attention when you talk about the 49ers because of their incredible front seven, their incredible pass rush, led by Nick Bosa, of course. Defensively, they are a nightmare and can be a nightmare. But it's still about their top 10 rushing offense, and that's exactly the kind of offense they need to put Brock Purdy in, and they're going to do that, Paulie. They're going to attack the line of scrimmage. They're going to do it in a north-south way. They're also going to attack the edges as well. That's something Kyle Shanahan loves to do. Maybe move Brock Purdy a little bit, roll him out in some half rolls as well. But uh, the 49ers are a physical team. Still, I think the most physical team in the NFC West.
3: And they're the benchmark you measure yourself against in this division. Not only swept the Cardinals last year, they've won three straight against Seattle, including the playoff game. They've won eight in a row against the Rams in the regular season. So the Niners have been dominating recently. Then you go to Chicago. We talked about that. We didn't talk about how the Bears defense finished dead last uh, year ago with only 20 sacks. Justin Fields, though, and he, yeah, he was sacked 55 times. Most in the NFL, along with Russell Wilson, they're trying to bolster that offensive line. But it looks like a lot of people, including the NFL schedule makers, are in on the Bears. They believe the Bears are about to take a step with Justin Fields. Are you a believer?
0: Yeah, Pauly. Um, you know, it's very similar almost to Jalen Hurts. And going into last season, the, the narrative that was surrounding Jalen Hurts, Paulie it was it was yeah. a question mark it's a good comparison yep. Jalen Hurts right going yep. into the season as well and whether or not he was going to be the guy now he, he showed flashes the year before last of course no doubt about that but there was a serious conversation that was going on in Philadelphia in regard to Jalen Hurts and whether or not he was the right guy the guy you were going to build your team around well he went out and last year he put that narrative to bed that's not going to be around for for anytime soon i think justin fields has the exact same opportunity there are similarities that are there right now now last year they had a hard time throwing the ball and justin fields would be the first one to tell you that Number 32 in passing yards per game, Paul. Number 32. Would you say that's bad? Yeah, that is bad, You need game. to be
3: more balanced than that, yes. They had
0: only 130 yards passing per wow. game. <laughs> 130 yeah. per day, <laughs> man. I mean, that's, that's rough right there. That's Trent yeah. Dilfer stuff with the Baltimore Ravens.
3: Again, he got sacked 55 times, so we'll see if they can figure that out. Speaking of Jalen Hurts, the Cardinals in Week 17 go to Philly. That'll be New Year's Eve. That'll be December 31st. My thinking here, Wolf, is if Eagles fans are still hot at JG, they're giving them seven more months to simmer down now. okay, They're extending this Cardinals-Eagles game all the way until December 31st. And then we'll see... Look, I'm just going to tell you, in 2008, the Cardinals played a Thanksgiving night game at Philadelphia, and that was the most lubricated crowd I've ever seen in the NFL firsthand (laughs) from the sideline because they weren't working the next day. So I shudder to think what Eagles fans are going to be like when they have New Year's Day off.
0: Oh my goodness, Paulie. Uh, Bring your helmet. Okay, bring your helmet. You might want to put that thing on right there. Paulie, isn't it weird, though? There it is, week 16 and week 17, at Chicago, at Philadelphia. One is Christmas Eve, the other's the other is New Year's Eve, as you said, and it's Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts, two very similar quarterbacks when it when you consider their skill set and yet on two completely different planes, and yet Just like we were talking about Jalen Hurts and the narrative surrounding him, could this be the year that it goes away for Justin Fields as well? What if he leads the Chicago Bears, that team that can run the ball, number one in rushing yards per game and rushing yards per play? They attack the line of scrimmage, and Justin Fields, of course, is right in the center of all of that, very much like Jalen Hurts was the year before last The similarities are stunning to me, and yet here it is back-to-back week 16 and week 17 at Chicago, at Philadelphia. That's going to be an interesting conversation over the holidays.
3: Yep, Kyler against those two guys is the quarterback matchup, and then Kyler against Geno Smith for the second time in the season. As for the second time in three years, they end the season with the Seahawks at home. So that's where the Cardinals will wrap up the regular season. And we know how much the Cardinals love to win at Seattle, and they've done a lot of that in the last decade. And Seattle has returned the favor here in the AZ.
0: Yeah, Seattle. um, It's going to be interesting to see um, what the condition will be at the Seattle Seahawks at that point in time right there. Um, I'm a huge Geno Smith fan. It's West Virginia. No. It's West Virginia. You know it, Paul. Hey, he's
3: on a glorified one-year deal. I think he's still, to a certain degree, in a prove-it season for
0: Geno Smith. Very, very interesting, Paulie. That's what I was going to say, that there he is on this, this one-year contract that he signed up there. Um, yeah, we're going to pay you if, in fact, you can put out. And I think Geno Smith is going to be able to put out. And I think they're going to have a conundrum. They're going to have to sign him to a long-term contract or let him go.
3: By the way, some of the marquee happenings. Well, the NFL opener, by the way, is September 7th, the annual Thursday night game with Kansas City hosting Detroit. They put the Lions into that slot. That was very interesting. Uh, And then the Monday night football opener – The Jets, get ready for the Jets. And by the way, the Jets had not hosted or been in a Sunday night game since 2012. They start the season on Monday night, one of many in prime time, and they're hosting Buffalo. So that's Aaron Rodgers' debut against the Bills and Josh Allen.
0: Paul, do you think that might be a game right there? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You might want to slide the protective cup in.
3: Get ready for some uh, serious, serious TV ratings on that one. Hey, by the way, once again, azcardinals.com slash buy tickets for the Cardinals' entire home schedule, azcardinals.com slash buy tickets. So, once again, Wolf, um, you'll be traveling more than 25,000 miles with the NFC East, the AFC North. That's 26 different time zones. Uh, You will be on the road for Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. You'll be home for Thanksgiving weekend. So, that's a plus right there.
0: Paulie, you'll be wearing a parka in oh, many yeah. of these games.
3: Absolutely. I'm already heading over to the equipment room to get several layers. Special thanks, as always, Jim Almohundro, Lauren Colville, Ron Wolfie and Paul Calvici. This has been the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert.
2: Number one, Tyler Murray!
1: You've been listening to the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. <laughs> Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.